1: It's a very competitive market, the smartphone market. Keeping you updated and educated. This is a device that combines a tablet, a laptop, and a sketch pad. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. This is the future. Wireless earphones. Tech Guide. What you see is what you get. Quality is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide, episode 310. Hello and welcome everyone to the podcast that keeps you updated and always educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. Thank you for listening. Thank you once again for downloading and welcome to you first-time listeners. We hope you enjoy the show and stay with us and become regular listeners. My name is Stephen Fennec and I'm the editor of the fabulous website techguide.com.au. On this week's show, we're going to take a look inside the NRL bunker, the people behind it and the technology that powers it. Samsung launches new soundbars and we look at the latest stats that shows our appetite for streaming services is growing rapidly. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the latest Panasonic OLED TVs, the NVIDIA Shield 4K streaming and gaming device, and the latest Kobo HD e-reader. And we'll wrap it all up at the end with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and also Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. A massive show, so let's get cracking. Well, uh, those of you who know me uh, know that I'm a massive NRL fan and, in in fact, a huge supporter and former player of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. So the NRL uh, is a competition I follow very closely, of course, especially my beloved South Sydney Rabbitohs. So it was a really interesting time for me to be able to venture into the uh, NRL headquarters and take a look at the bunker, which is the... The command center for their video adjudication. This is the it, this is the place that figures in every single game, can be the reason why your team may win or lose. Uh, but it is uh, been around for this is the third season it's been in operation, and we what we see on TV is obviously the the bunker in action, and n- not all of us are, are fans of the outcome of the, the bunker's decisions but it is still though a a, a very a technological marvel there's a, there's a lot of a uh, lot of technology uh, in, inside there a lot a lot of just as soon as you walk in it looks like you're walking into mission control at NASA there's, there's screens everywhere uh, the computer terminals and these different jog wheels and all this audio equipment and a lot of stuff behind the scenes you can't even see as well like all the server racks and 29 kilometers of cables I think there is and so it is this incredible thing that's been put together and uh, you look you'll, we're going to hear from some people uh, behind the, the bunker in a moment but uh, the, the, the the bunker was originally conceived. After the 2012 season, there were some controversial decisions in the semi-finals and the NRL thought, well, we need to come up with a better way. Up until then, the video referee was just one person sitting in a box in the grandstand looking at a, a monitor trying to do their their best to come up with a decision. But uh, the NRL thought, well, we need something better than this. And as you'll hear from our interviews, what they did is look overseas for some advice, so they they looked at what the NFL was doing, the NHL was doing, so uh that that was the the uh, inspiration that they got to create this space. but it is remarkable how all this video floats back in there, and there's you know there's eight games a week and all this stuff's happening live. The software that runs behind it, too, is uh, created by Hawkeye, which is a name probably familiar to sports fans because they they have similar technology for making decisions in the tennis, in cricket and other sports. We're going to hear from them as well. Uh, But it was was a a thrill, actually, to sit in there and see it all up close. We only ever see it, it fleeting glimpses of it during a match. But the, uh, the systems they've got in place and the software that they use uh, is quite remarkable to see, to, for them to achieve, to, to try to get a fast result on what they see. It is pretty impressive the way it's been put together. Uh, it's, uh, there, are, there are four pods inside the bunker. So there are, each pod has the senior review official. Uh, an assistant review official and an operator so there's three chairs so the, the the senior official sits back on on his own and there's two other seats in front and each of them have their own touchscreen monitors and all all of the the jog wheels and and all this these these, uh, these devices to be able to check all the right angles to slow the footage down as much as they want as well they've also got comms to the to the venue so they can talk to the referees and then of course they've got the touchscreen with the try no try button that they press as well it was fascinating to sit in there i uh the story is up on Tech Guide if you want to read a little bit more in depth' uh, I'm actually there's photos of myself sitting in there sitting pr- pressing the try button i thought i 'd give that a go but uh, we had a chat to a couple of people some uh, some people from. Uh, the NRL. We first, uh, our first interview you're going to hear from is from Nathan McGuirk, who uh, is the head of Cop and competitions and operations uh, at the NRL, and uh, he. We're going to start with him, and then uh, we'll follow that up with another sort of a deeper dive into the technology. But first, here's what we had, to, what uh, Nathan had to say. Nathan, thanks for joining us. We're, we're sitting in the NRL bunker, a place where there's been a lot of joy and sometimes a bit of heartache. Tell us, tell us about uh, the uh, how, how this has all started and sort of your role in, in how this all operates.
2: Yeah, thanks for coming, Steve. It's, um, it's great to have you here. Um, it probably started back in uh, 2012 where we had a very challenging final series with, um, with the use of video technology. We had a couple of games decided by um, really big calls and um, a- and we had to challenge ourselves as a game to say, was what we were providing to our match officials uh, good enough for them to make some of the biggest decisions in games? Mm-hmm. Has to be remembered every time we go to the video referee. It's it's um, determining uh, incidents attached to points, and that's how how teams win games is is by points. Um, and we had to challenge ourselves to say whether or not you know. Again, as I said, we was what we were doing good enough, and so we started to look at what other sports internationally were doing in this space. Um, and trying to challenge ourselves as a game to say, you know, we've got to do better in this area. Mm-hmm. And um, um, come twenty th- towards the end of 2013, um, we been, began to look um, and talk interna- uh, to other international sports like the NFL, uh, the NHL, and um, uh, we actually went and visited a couple of those sports and their, their command centers that they have based in um, in Toronto and New York and um, we started to talk about how we think similar types mm-hmm. of um, uh, centres could be adapted to the NRL. and um, From 2014 onwards we started planning this yeah. place and, and looking at how viable it was for us mm-hmm. because again we had a lot of technical challenges back then and um, it was amazing how quickly technology was changing and evolving that um, very quickly things that were impossible became possible. Yeah,
1: right. Well. Just to give the listeners an idea, like it is like we're in mission control here. A lot of screens, a lot of technology, so that there is every angle. How many angles you got, depending on the match? Up to it, it twelve does, angles. Yeah. It
2: depends on every on each different game and each different time slot across the weekend has um, different cameras. So uh, Thursday night, Friday nights, um, it's generally twelve angles. We'll have um, some, uh, Saturday three o'clock, and I think it's Sunday two p.m. Will have nine or ten cameras, so um, it does slightly change for each and every game. But um, a- again, the the solution we provide now for our match officials to, to, to be making the biggest calls in the games is is world class. So
1: yeah, it does look like cutting edge technology, but giving giving the the senior match official the every every possible angle to make the decision. So you you said uh, that this is this is used for points.
2: Is it point scoring play so that needs adjudication? Yeah, there's three separate areas in which the bunker can become involved in play. Um, so any point scoring play um, that they can they can review. That includes again field goals, whether the field goal went over the top of the post or to the right or left of it. Um, so um, uh, so that any point scoring play elements of um, serious foul play in matches the bunker can become involved in, um, uh, and also um, uh, restarts of play um, from the dead go- uh, dead ball line. So, um, who touched it last? Um, um, and, and some of those restarts of play from um, the you know the twenty metre line are some of the biggest calls in the game. So, um, they can also review who last touched it and how we restart the, the game correctly.
1: Let's talk a bit of logistics now. There, there, you need you need to get all this footage back here, all these controls. So. Give us an idea of how all this gets back from each of the venues back to the bunker.
2: So one of the, one of the key things for us when we designed all this was that very quickly we, we, we realised we weren't experts in the field of um, uh, technology and we needed help. Um, so we, we began discussions with some key partners in this area. Uh, NEP's been a huge part of the development of the bunker uh, and they've been an amazing support for us over the last four and a bit years. Um they're experts in the field of broadcasting and um, they've more or less helped us get to this point. Um, Hawkeye was our preferred um, software platform in which um, uh, all of the video that comes from from, from the ground to here um, uh, and our ability to manipulate the vision, how we, you know, in split screens and zooms and all that, um, Hawkeye were our pre- preferred partner and they've helped us, you know, again, uh, along that way. Um so, so yeah, it, it, what what we had to do was surround ourselves with the right partners, and and um and they've helped us get to this point so far.
1: So we're here. It's it's game day. So where you're sitting is where the senior match official would sit. Yes. So sort of talk us through then. So there's also another little chair in front. So that's uh, another another match official, and then there's an operator. Is that right?
2: That's right. We've got three people um, involved. Um, in each match, um, two of them are match officials. Uh, we have a senior review official who, who makes the final call on whether a try or no-try no uh, decision is to be made. Uh, and then we have a technician uh, who's a Hawkeye employee, but they're in charge of um, getting the best angles in which the match officials can make their call on. Um, and uh, between the, the, the team of the two officials, they, they come up with the final decision.
1: You, uh, when, when I can imagine when, when the bunker was first introduced, the, the time it took to make a decision was, uh, was what, was over about 90 seconds, you said? Yeah. About 90 seconds? So yeah. And it's improved over the years, hasn't it? It has.
2: One of the key pillars... So we had four key pillars in which we wanted to look at um, in uh, creating this place. Uh, efficiency was one of those. So we wanted to make decisions quicker. We wanted the game to restart quicker, Um we don't wanted. We we didn't want um, a 90 second break every time. We wanted to go to a video review. Um, we've been able to. Last year we cut that down to around mid 50 seconds. So it was, I think it was 55 seconds. It's a little bit up this year, um, um, but we've been able to cut that down from 90. So it's a, a huge efficiency for the game, um, and um, we're getting the game restarted quicker, mm-hmm. um, whilst also you know getting decisions right as much as we can. Mm-hmm. And, and just, in,
1: just in terms of the actual comms here, there's also, I noticed there's a whole bank of communication, so uh, I understand, so there is still the old video ref still ha, is a set-up, that's the match referee, did you say, or the, the, the referee's coach? That's right. In, in, a, in, a, in a box? Yeah,
2: well... That's the redundancy. We need a redundancy. So, um, again, whilst uh, over the two and a half years we've had this running, we've only had one decision that was actually made through our redundancy, We've had, I think, upwards of 1,600 decisions made live out of the bunker now and one made from the ground. Um, but, yeah, we, it's obviously key. We can't have a game where, um, you know, our biggest matches um, that we can't decide a, a game-defining decision through the use of video technology. We have to have... If this place fails, we have to have a, a redundancy. Yeah. So um, even for games like State of Origin and Grand Finals, we add another layer of redundancy. So yeah. we actually have two backups in case this place fails. So um, we cannot have a situation where, um, um, where uh, again, a grand final or state of origin is decided by an on-field error um, that um, uh, that this place has failed or that we don't have the proper backup yeah. to, to, to make it, so make the right decision. So we ensure that that always happens for, yeah. for all, all games.
1: Because that was the old video ref, wasn't it, in the, it in the gra- at the ground? So that's just become the backup now.
2: Yeah, a lot of people. I think when we, we built this place, said, "Oh, well, at least you'll save the money from the old system." We said, "Well, actually, actually, we're not. We've still got the old system as well. So, um, and, and it's essential. We we just cannot have a situation where a, a match-defining decision um, um, cannot be reviewed due to technology failure." And have, having it off-site too, there's uh, no screaming fans banging on the window at this time, is there? Yeah, you, you you'd find Steve in-game here. You'd be surprised how. To use. Again, everyone's on on earphones, so um, again, the, the, the guys still have a feel for what's happening at the match. But it's completely silent here, and that's the, the environment for, for for the match officials in making uh, the right decisions is essential as well. It was one of the key things we said: is look at how we're asking the guys at grounds to make the biggest calls with fans banging on their glass, screaming at them, um, with a, a small 32-inch television. Uh, as their only way of which to determine things and and we just said well this isn't good enough um, every box was different they were small um, um, so we had to create an environment in which they could make you know the their the, the decisions in the best possible environment and and again as you as you've seen it's a pretty pretty good one to, to do that very
1: impressive setup uh, I, I'm uh, I'm looking around now there's screens everywhere it's really amazing Nathan really appreciate your time no, you welcome. Some great background there, Nathan McQuirk, uh, right there t- talking about the bunker and its origins and what it sets out to achieve, to t- come up with the best best decisions and in, in the in the fastest possible time as well. But we're going to continue. Uh, there's a there's another interview, shorter interview this time with uh, some of the guys from Hawkeye who will talk more about the software and sort of a little bit more about the technical side of the bunker. Thanks for joining me, guys. We're, we're going to talk. Take a bit of a deeper dive into the technology of the bunker. Uh, we're sitting here surrounded by just this wealth of technology. Um, take us through, um, Alex, what is sort of, you know, you're from Hawkeye, so that's kind of the backbone of the system, isn't
0: it? Yeah, correct. So um, Hawkeye is one of the, the technology partners of the NRL bunker and we provide the the software backbone that powers the, um, the decision making that it enables. Uh, and the core of that backbone is a system that allows all of the pitch-facing cameras to be brought back to the centralised bunker and kept in sync to allow the referees to make informed decisions as they need to.
1: And, and this isn't Hawkeye's first rodeo either, is it? Where you're, you're present in tennis, cricket and other sports, I'd imagine.
0: Yeah, that's correct. So um, many, many people at home know us from our presence when we're... Uh, used in the, the tennis and the cricket but we're also used in a wealth of other sports in a, in a similar capacity to providing officials with access to camera angles for them to use them as they need to mm-hmm. as opposed to how the broadcaster puts together what you sit at home and watch. Yeah.
1: So it's it's a lot it's a lot more than just someone pressing re- replay just going through a slow motion replay. There's a there's a few angles here. You've got to actually get the vision back to the bunker. So talk us through that and how that works.
0: Yes. Yeah, so as uh, as many people at home are aware, the bunker is a centralised system, and from every NRL game, all pitch facing cameras are brought back via a uh, via a, a, a connection. To the bunker where we're then able to, to view them all live and in sync uh, and as you said it's certainly a lot more than just uh, sitting and, and playing fast forward and rewind um, our operators in conjunction with the NRL officials uh, need to ensure that um, that they're checking everything from from kickoff through to the final final whistle
1: mm-hmm. sync I remember you, you were explaining earlier that the the sync of the cameras, and the audio all has to be uh, has to be all set up. So tell us a bit, James. Can you comment a bit more about that and how imp- why that is so important?
3: Yeah, so it's it's really important for especially in rugby league. You want to know whether a winger his foot is on the line at the same time he's grounded the ball. So if mm-hmm. the cameras aren't in sync, you can make the wrong decision based off of that. So about an hour and a half pre-game, we have a sync check where they clap their hands together, and so the broadcasters will put all their pitch facing cameras on a. Broadcast individually, clap his hands, and then we'll sync our software to get where all, right. all the angles have him clapping his hands at the same time. So
1: that brings them all together. It's kind of—is it kind of like what they do on the movie set with the clapperboard? Is that what that does, sort of a similar thing?
3: Yeah, quite similar to that. Yeah,
1: okay. Yeah. So, so take us through. Okay, so we're, there's a game underway. Sort of talk us through how it works. Like well, there, there's a decision sent up sent up to the bunker. What happens from there on?
3: So from there, we have about four to five seconds from when the guy scores a try to when it actually gets sent up here. So we can have a quick look, a quick scan of the best angles, and then from there we'll pick the best angles that show what we're looking for, so if it's a knock-on, whether it's a grounding, and then we'll show those to to the SRO at the top, and then he'll make his decision based off of that.
1: So there are, there are two match officials and an operator... So the, the, the so there's basically the, the two people making the decisions, but also one is pushing the buttons and, and operating. But the officials have access to all those controls too, don't they? So who who takes over? It's just up to the referee, I guess.
3: So during a, a decision, it's the operator is controlling the angles. So that's what goes to broadcast, is whatever the operator's operating on. Mm-hmm. The official does have his own system and he can control, but that's mainly just to get a quick look so he knows what is he's, he's coming into and... How to best explain his decision, basically. Okay.
2: okay. Now,
1: in, in how how sort of much technology obviously evolves and changes pretty quickly. How much has the NRL bunker evolved and improved in the in the short space of time that is what in the third season? How much has it improved since you've started it?
0: Yeah, so it's it's like most people would be familiar with at home with their phones. There's constantly software updates that you're getting told you need to download. And, and our software is no different. We're constantly evolving our software to be best of best of breed. Uh, with the NRL bunker, the, the core system has remained relatively similar from the commencement of the 2016 season. Where we've seen evolution is really in the process and the workflow of the referees, and as James referenced, the operator mm-hmm. to ensure that we're getting that time down that a decision making process takes, and uh, and that's one of the key. Key pillars that we work and we train for each week to ensure that we're doing that. Uh, and again, it, it's one of those things where the the bunker is a transparent environment. What we're seeing here and making our decisions around is what you're seeing at home on Channel Nine or Fox League. Right.
1: And and talk us through the the actual setup here. We've got a few monitors. There's keyboards, comms equipment. So uh, important that you got every angle covered. But just sort of just give us a basic idea of what what we're looking at here.
3: So basically you've got a keyboard and a mouse, which is basic for most computer setups. We have a jog wheel, which allows us to control the speed of the vision, so that can go as slow as frame by frame. Um, We have tag pads that allow us to tag different points and incidents during a game that can be quickly navigated back to. And then we have touch screens that allow us to bring in different angles, and that also is what we use to trigger the try-no-try system, which you see at Grip Venue.
1: Well, such an interesting setup you got here, guys. Really appreciate uh, you taking the time to talk to us today.
0: Thank you very much. Tech Guide keeping you updated and educated.
1: This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Well, Samsung has come up with its latest generation of soundbars, and I was lucky enough actually to hear them in person. They 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 actually invited us to the Universal Studios, the Universal uh, Pictures. Cinema or their their screening room, which is uh, in the city, and this is uh, like a, about eight, so I don't know about five or six rows of seats, uh, proper cinema setup. Uh, Samsung had set up a television at the front of the room with their sound bars, and all we heard was the sound bars. And I've got to say that even in that large that large theatre space, it absolutely filled the room. So one can just imagine how uh, well this thing would sound in your home the latest soundbars are the the N950 and the N850 and these two soundbars have been uh, perfected at the the company's LA-based audio labs in in uh, just outside of Los Angeles. I've actually been to these audio labs, and uh, the results we're seeing through their products is is remarkable. The the, the quality is amazing. Wait to to hear these yourself. It's incredible. The the surround sound. There's Dolby Atmos as well. Uh, the N fifty. N950 provides 7.1.4 surround sound, so that's seven channels with a subwoofer and Dolby Atmos. Uh, the N850 doesn't deliver the Atmos, but it's got it's a 5.1.2 system as well. So uh, really, really impressive. If, for Atmos, that is you want to go spend a little bit more the 950 uh is is the uh the choice there if you want to spend a little bit less the 850 still gives you a great surround sound experience you're just not getting dolby atmos which is the appearance of you hearing sounds descending coming from above you and and in more a three-dimensional sort of space the sound rather than it being just left right and uh, and in the rear speakers the uh, Atmos. For anyone who's heard Atmos, uh, there are a lot of public cinemas now that offer Dolby Atmos screenings, and uh, it does add a definite layer, another layer to the whole experience. The N950 and the N850, uh, packed with with uh, with speakers. Of course, they're up-firing speakers and tweeters and woofers. They also uh, can be accessed via the Smart Things app. So these are smart devices as well, and you can also uh, use uh, Amazon's Alexa voice assistant as well. Which is really handy addition as well. Uh, as I said, the the sound quality is remarkable. I did uh, I did I'm going to do a full uh, a complete review on Tech Guide in the coming weeks. They're not out till the end of August, uh, but uh, I did have a sneak listen uh, to the system, and I've got to say it sounded impressive. The Samsung nine hundred and fifty. That's going to be one thousand nine hundred ninety nine bucks. The N eight fifty is going to be one thousand four hundred and ninety nine dollars full full details on tech guide all the specifications are there the reviews coming in in a few weeks time but in the meantime you can check out the images and all those specifications at techguide.com.au now we do love our streaming services and uh, I'm talking about Netflix, I'm talking about Stan, Foxtel Now. All of these streaming services uh, have become hugely popular in Australia. And there's some uh, some information, some statistics released by analyst firm Telsite this week that says the growth of SVOD services, subscription video on demand. The growth of these services like Netflix, like Stan, is growing rapidly in Australia. Now there are more than 9.1 million subscriptions in Australia. That's a year-on-year growth of 54%. Which is remarkable, and revenue is also uh, taking off higher at a higher rate than that ninety uh, percent increase in revenue. So more than seven hundred million dollars are generated by streaming services by, by the end of the financial year. And, that, and it's only going to grow. telsight says that the, the forecast for growth is we're going to see 22 million SVOD subscriptions uh, by the end of 2022, which is only four short years away. But it's going to, it's going to more than double again in that time. Now it is it, it, our, our stream streaming our entertainment is now become kind of the new normal for for most people uh we're using our internet connected devices to to access the services I'm, I'm talking about devices like smartphones and tablets smart TVs now with built-in apps that are connected to the internet is a a natural fit for these kinds of services set top boxes also gaming consoles can also be used for streaming Netflix Stan Foxtel Now uh, so there 's all, all these services, but they also predicted that there may be some others on the horizon uh, things there 's been a huge rumor about Disney having its own streaming service, and maybe hbo uh, that 's the studio that brings you Game of Thrones and other shows of that of that uh, size. They also would uh, possibly introduce a streaming service here in australia, but we 're still a little far behind. The US and the UK's adoption levels, there are 70% of subscribers to streaming services in the US, 60% in the UK. So we're only... We're only uh, up uh, 9.1 million, which is a- equivalent of 43% of Australian households. So we're still trailing the 70% in the US and the 60% in the UK. So there w- another, another thing that's really helping us along, of course, is our broadband connections, the NBN, uh, having access to unlimited data as well. That's also become uh, created the situation where uh, it is conducive to us being able to stream and binge and watch as much as we want, and and the the guys at TelSight say that the SVOD market it's not like a product that you, you can only get one of them. It's it's not a winner take all setup as they've described. That they do they do say that customers are comfortable with having more than one. It would be unusual for someone to have a Netflix subscription and a stand. Subscription and vice versa. So there is uh, not just people adopting just one. There are many Australians that are actually going for to two. Uh, even some customers may have Netflix stand and Foxtel now, for the, so they, they don't have to miss out on anything. We're already used to streaming our entertainment. Spotify kind of led the way with music, and now Apple Music is doing the same thing. So the model for streaming and, and subscription-based services uh, we're very familiar with, and no doubt it is continuing in the in the content space with netflix and stan you want to read more about that story and check out those figures you can do that at techguide.com.au this
0: is tech guide with stephen fenwick
1: the tech guide podcast is proudly sponsored by netgear they're australia's number one wi-fi brand and they've just introduced orbi the world's first tri-band wi-fi system Orbi gives you reliable, secure, and super fast Wi-Fi to every inch of your home. That's right, everywhere. I'm asked always how people can improve their Wi-Fi. This is it. No more dead zones upstairs, no drop connections through walls, just better Wi-Fi across the board. Orbi reaches up to 370 square meters through Wi-Fi barriers like walls, stairs, and doors. With a dedicated internet connection, Orbi helps prevent buffering while streaming your favorite movies and shows, no matter how many devices are connected. You'll have that ultimate. Ultra-fast Wi-Fi speed. The Orbi tri-band Wi-Fi system works with your existing modem to take advantage of the speed you're paying for. Orbi's sleek design and state-of-the-art technology steals the show. It gives your home a superior Wi-Fi network that's both easy to set up and elegant to display. With just a couple of clicks, your secure Wi-Fi network will be ready in no time. For more information, visit netgear.com.au. Orbi, better Wi-Fi everywhere tech Guide now a tech guide review with Stephen Guide kicking off our reviews this week is the Panasonic OLED TVs their latest flagship TVs the FZ1000U and the FZ950U and just to be clear these screens are identical the only difference is the FZ1000U has a built-in blade speaker a little bit like a built-in soundbar so for in, for this for this review uh, I'm going to be talking mainly about the screens about the picture quality so the the screens on both these the FZ1000U and the FZ950U are the same the only difference is the 1000 model has the built-in blade speaker, which improves audio quality uh, slightly as well, but uh, in terms of uh, Panasonic's OLED technology here, they've really they've really on a, on a winner with this one. They've, they've had uh, the experience and the the heritage of being a Hollywood favourite. So by that I mean a lot of a lot of color, a lot of Hollywood filmmakers use these screens for color correction for editing. So it's become their 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 screen that they they model what their t- their movie wants to look like, so that they showcase their movies on the Panasonic screens. And use them as their reference monitors so that what you're seeing on a Panasonic screen is what the filmmaker intended because they use that very screen you're watching to perfect their film, to get it to the point where it's looking as good as it can colors are as good as they can be and it is ready to go so they've actually used that advantage they've created a HCX a Hollywood cinema experience processor that uh, it's a 4k processor that helps deliver that superior picture quality that Hollywood filmmakers swear by that they they use this as I said as the reference monitor so this is the screen they use and now you have the opportunity if you buy a Panasonic OLED TV to have that same picture quality using the same screen that hollywood uses as well the beauty of oled which we all know the picture quality is remarkable oled has a, a, an amazing advantage of not needing a backlight so having oled technology means that uh, you can create not having a backlight means you can create that perfect black color that really deep black there's no backlight to block So that's why the blacks are true. The blacks are pure. And from those true and pure blacks, you can create great color. Now, add add on top of that 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 Panasonic have included the Hollywood Cinema Experience processor here. Uh, That's kind of part of their their secret sauce. But they've also got an absolute black filter as well that absorbs ambient light and eliminates all those reflections so that it keeps those black levels accurate and deep. So uh, it all adds up. OLED plus Panasonic's technology really adds up to an amazing experience. And then throw in, of course, HCX and also their Pro HDR. So that's their high dynamic range processor that really gets the most out of the pixels there. So providing all that detail and clarity, but also the detail in the darkness and in the brighter parts of the screen. That's where HDR, that high dynamic range, comes into play. There is so much more to see. So it's one thing having all those pixels, but it's what you do with them that Panasonic's worked out right here, and the the Panasonic OLED with HDR and and the HCX processing all adds up to a very, very impressive picture. And I think once once you've seen OLED, once you've seen this quality, Everything else kind of pales away. It's, it's very hard to unsee this, as I've said in my review. It's the, the quality, it spoils your eyes. So if you if you move away from this, you're thinking, wow, it's, it's not quite the same as OLED. Samsung's QLED TV, their quantum dot technology, is remarkably close to OLED. It's not OLED, but comes really close. And with their technology, Samsung have made blacks that you'd swear is an OLED black and colours that are just super bright. Uh, what I love about the, the Panasonic's approach to picture quality is that it's the, it's the trueness they, they want to go for, the accuracy, the, the, the reality of colour. So there's no over-saturating of colour and pumping up the, that, that brightness so that it, it kind of looks artificial. Other other TV manufacturers do that. I think they, they mistake brightness... And 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 color saturation for picture quality. It doesn't always work that way. In my eyes, picture quality uh, is is more based on reality so what you're seeing is sharp and clear but it also looks real it's not too pumped up and artificial panasonic really delivers in that area right there if you do get the model with the with the blade speaker it it, it does it does add uh, another another layer to the sound quality it, it is you can really notice the difference doesn't have virtual surround sound doesn't have dolby atmos so uh, if you really are after that I'd recommend maybe getting the model without the blade speaker, and then maybe getting a soundbar that offers Dolby Atmos, or maybe integrating it into an existing home theater speaker system. So you've got options there. Both the TVs available in 65 and 55 inch models as well. The uh, the navigation system too. The the menu system is really easy to navigate. Just e- easy to navigate just using the directional keys on the on the remote control. You can pin your favorite apps to the screen as well. So if you want to watch Netflix or 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 YouTube, whatever your favorites are. You can even access your favorite apps and then get back to live TV really quickly and really easily using that system. The OLED TVs, the 65-inch models that which we looked at, uh, the FZ1000U is 7,149. The, the FZ950U, that's without the blade speaker, that's 5,999. There's also the uh, in 55-inch models, which are 4,999 and also 3,849. If you want to read that complete story and read our verdict, you can check that out at techguide.com.au.
0: Tech guide this is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick
1: next up in our reviews is the Nvidia shield streaming device now this is there are a lot of streaming devices out there already okay let's talk there's Apple TV there's the Foxtel Now box there's Telstra TV there's all these these boxes that can help you get your 4k content. Nvidia Shield is another one of those boxes, but there is more different. There are a lot of differences to this product. There's uh, not only are you getting, uh, it's running Android, you're getting all the apps and content that you're looking for, but being from Nvidia, it's also very much aimed at the gamer as well. So here's a device that not only can give you Netflix and Stan and all your favorite apps from the Google Play Store, but it can also double up as a pretty impressive gaming device as well and this is having NVIDIA in the name, you know that it's going to inherit some solid DNA from that side and in the graphics side. This allows gamers to not only enjoy standalone games on the NVIDIA Shield through the App Store, but it can also allow you to stream your game from your, your gaming PC. So imagine this situation where you're playing a game on your PC, and you want to stream that to the best screen in the house, which is probably your 4K TV, you're able to do that through the NVIDIA Shield system. So to link to the computer and in real time, virtually real time, there's hardly any lag. I saw a demo of this. Hardly any lag to what's happening on your computer to what you see on your TV through the NVIDIA Shield. Really impressive way for PC gamers to move up to a 4K game because the TV in the lounge may be 4K, but their monitor monitor might not be. Uh, so it does allow for that. It can be purchased with just a normal uh, remote control or with a gaming controller. Uh, we reviewed it with the gaming controller, and it it. it puts into your hands a a console-like gaming experience that is either from a game you've downloaded from the Android, the Google Play Store, and there's some very impressive games you can play just there, or if you want to step it up, stream your high-end PC game to your TV, Nvidia Shield comes to the party there as well. Apart from that, of course, you can watch your Netflix, and this is 4K compatible too, by the way. So any 4K content from Netflix, Stan, Amazon Video, YouTube, it's got also can handle, can stream 4K and HDR content, so that all works through the NVIDIA Shield that's connected to your television. Uh, and of course being in the Android ecosystem, you've got all the all the things that go with that. It's a Chromecast. You can access your photos and your calendar as well. There's voice control on board as well, so, so you can use Google Assistant to search for things, find information, search for content, get directions, order an Uber or a pizza, all that through the voice assistant as well. It's also a smart home hub. It's, it's Zigbee and Z-Wave compatible, so it does support those devices in the smart and uh, home control homes but uh, other smart home devices of course controlled through Wi-Fi also works through this so if you've got some smart lights and security cameras, if you have any Nest products, Nest products, uh, you can install the Nest app actually and view live video feeds from your cameras right there on your TV that's connected with the Nvidia Shield Really handy little product and, and sort of takes it a step further than your regular streaming devices, especially if you're into your games. This really uh, can can provide an amazing experience, as well as you being able to catch all your top four K HDR content as well. The NVIDIA shield priced at two hundred and forty-nine ninety-five for the regular version, three hundred and twenty-nine ninety-five for the gaming edition. That's what comes with the gaming controller. If you want to read that story, you can better head over to Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finney. Tech Guide. Now, I love reading. I'm a massive reader, and I still actually read a lot of uh, books, like printed books. I'm, I'm still a very much a tactile reader. But, of course, I, I do get through a few books on an e-reader as well, so I'm a big fan of the technology. The latest is from Kobo, the Kobo Clara HD. This is an e-reader that is uh, light. It's got a 6-inch high-definition display. It's got its own little special backlighting system, so you can read anywhere at any time. Uh, really handy little setup. Kobo, of course, the device is not only your book, but it's also the store. So it's got Wi-Fi on board, so you can order new books right there from the device itself. So uh, really handy. Light as well, very easy to carry around. It's pretty small. It's only only 15.7 centimetres long, 11.1 centimetres wide, just 8.3 mil thick weighs just 166 grams, so it's really easy to take it anywhere. And uh, you'd be able to read your books from anywhere and at any time what this has, there's some new features on board here, so the screen has got 300 PPI, that's 300 pixels per inch, so it's really sharp, it's it's like reading real paper, it's paper-like, crisp paper-like experience but you can take some control here so what you're able to do is to increase the font size, you're even able to affect the font weight and the sharpness of the font, there's more than uh, there's 11 different font types and up to 40 different font sizes, so if you like to read and you may need reading glasses to read, you can actually set the font to a size where you don't have to wear glasses or if you do want to wear glasses set the font size down a little little smaller so that way it means you've got to turn, turn the page a bit less But either way, however you want to use it, however you want to experience it, it does give you that option. Now, on the lighting side, now, this has not Normally, with a smartphone or a tablet, that's got a backlight, and backlight produces blue light, which, if you read it before bedtime, could affect your ability to go to sleep. What the uh, the, the light aboard the Kobo, the Comfort Light Pro, uh, aboard the Kobo, it, it reduces your exposure to blue light. So if you want to read this thing just before bedtime it's not going to keep you awake. In fact, the hue of the light is designed to mimic the sun's natural progression from a cooler to a warmer light. So if you're reading in the evening or afternoon, the light's slightly warmer so it's it's like your eye during the day following the progress of the sun. So uh, it doesn't doesn't use that blue light and possibly keep you awake. And what happens the light actually goes into the device rather than out of the device. You know if you've got a phone or a tablet, the backlight can light up the whole room. With this one, The light seems to go into the device and only light the screen, doesn't light up the whole room really handy and of course you've got all those the uh, features where you can adjust the margins, highlight passages, write notes, look up the words, all those features on board the Kobo Clara HD e-reader as well and in the store by the way there is a catalogue of more than 6 million titles so uh, there's books there to suit everyone including all the latest bestsellers and some old favourites as well. The Kobo Clara HD available now through Meyer, JB Hi-Fi, Harvey, Norman, Angus and Robinson priced at 179 seventy nine nine. If you want to hear, you want to see more about that, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that keeps you and your family safe online. And they've just introduced the Norton Core. It's a secure wireless router that delivers both protection and performance. The Norton Core leverages Symantec's global intelligence network to help you defend your connected home against malware, viruses, hackers, and other cyber threats. Welcome to a more secure Wi-Fi. Traditional Wi-Fi routers may not be smart enough to keep cyber From breaking into your home network and devices, even with a password. But the Norton Core is—it's smart and more secure. It's a smart, smart and more secure Wi-Fi router that includes Norton Core Security Plus to help block threats from cybercriminals before they can infiltrate your connected life. Setup is quick and easy with the, with the smartphone app, giving you access to fast Wi-Fi and broad coverage. Plus, you get protection for unlimited connected devices inside your home, and Norton Security to cover ten computers, smartphones, or tablets. Outside of the home, help protect your connected home with Norton Core. You can order the Norton Core now exclusively through Harvey Harvey Norman. And if you pre-order it, you can receive a $100 Harvey Norman gift card. To find out more about Norton, visit au.norton.com. Tech Guide now answering all your tech questions. The Tech Guide Help Desk. On the Tech Guide Help DS, we are talking about... So I got an interesting email from a, a gentleman who was saying, look, we want to spend some money on a on a time-lapse camera where there's a, a construction site and he wants to track the, the building of the site using a time-lapse. And he said, look, we're after a special camera. We, our budget, I think, is $500, he said. And my reply was the, the, uh, the GoPro Hero Black, uh, really handy camera that has a great time-lapse feature kind of a set-and-forget kind of thing. And the beauty of having the GoPro is that uh, all the mounts that are are at your disposal where you can mount the camera wherever you want using the the numerous mounts available. So whether you want to mount it, uh, you want to clip it somewhere or strap it somewhere or uh, clip it onto something else, you're able to do that uh, using the GoPro camera and the many mounts that are available to you. Another quick help desk question was the ability to track messages. I think this uh, this came from a concerned parent. Their child is now messaging. They've got their own phone, and uh, this parent wants to try to keep track of the messages, and this is a very, very difficult thing to do. Uh, unless you 've got professional surveillance applications installed on the phone, it is very hard to keep track of every single message and every other single part and and it 's not only through text messaging uh, but but we 're communicating by via message through messenger through Facebook through snapchat you name it there 's plenty of ways to message people, not just through the basic text messaging. So it is really tough uh, unless you are signed into the same account, the same Messenger account or the same Facebook account Really hard to track those messages. In terms of text messages, again, really hard. The only way that I could possibly think of is if you have the same Apple ID on an iPhone and you're sending via your email address instead of your phone number, you can set it up so that you can be, receive the same messages as, as the person also using your Apple ID. But again, really hard to track, really hard to set up as well. So uh, to answer your question, it, it is possible, but it's really hard. I think you just got to either uh, be on the same platform as your child and and talk to them about the the etiquette of messaging and the and the like real life. You need to have manners. You need to do the right thing. You need to do to conduct yourself in the right way. So uh, the same thing applies online and especially with messaging as well. You're listening to Tech Guide. Well, that's it. That's the end of our show for this week. You can read about everything we've talked about at our website, techguide.com.au, and we'd love to hear from you. You can record uh, from the Tech Guide website using the uh, VoiceBite app. So you, you click on the record icon in the middle of the Tech Guide site. The recorder will pop up on the site. So you don't have to even go out and go out and get the app. You can do it then and there on the site. So if you've got any tech questions, any little mini reviews you want to share, we'd be happy to hear them and play them right here on the Tech Guide podcast. You can also email us info at. TechGuide.com.au. You can also follow us on Facebook. We do have a Tech Guide Facebook page. You can also follow us on Instagram. TechGuideAU is our handle on Instagram, and also on Twitter. If you wanna, if you're on Twitter, at TechGuideAU is our handle. We'd love for you to say g'day. We'll follow you right back if you follow us. We also want to give a special shout out to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thanks once again for listening. We look forward to having you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.